I want you to do something that may be the most important thing you've ever done since you've been attending church. I want you to answer with me six soul-searching questions. Would you do that? Get into your heart, your life, your soul, and answer with me six soul-searching questions. The questions that I'm talking about are being handed to you right now, and everybody needs one, every man, woman, boy, and girl. You might want to go ahead and find something to write with, a pencil or a pen, but please do not start. We'll all start together. It's a beautiful day. What an honor to be back at Winchester. This is my home, away from home, and I really appreciate the opportunity of being with you this morning. May God bless the study of His Word. We should have plenty for everybody, so everybody take one. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. Well, let's start together. Question number one is a very simple question. Have you ever made a commitment to Christ? Have you ever accepted Jesus as your Savior? Uh, surrender to Him as Lord. If you have, circle yes. If you have not, circle no. Now, if you answer no, I've never made a commitment to Jesus. The rest of these questions, questions 2 through 6, do not apply to you. But if you say, yes, I have made a commitment. How old were you when you made this commitment to Christ? Do you remember? Were you 12, 15, 19? Uh, if you do not remember, guesstimate it. Put that in the blank. And then number 2, question number 2. Did you make a confession at the time of your commitment? Do you remember saying anything? If you did, circle yes. If you did not, circle no. If you answer yes, I made some kind of confession. What did you confess? In your own words, put that in the blank. Question number three. Have you been baptized? Ever in your life been baptized? If you have, circle yes. If you have not, circle no. Now, if you answer no, I've never been baptized. The rest of these questions, questions 4, 5, and 6, do not apply to you. But if you say, yes, I have been baptized, answer this. How were you baptized? How were you baptized? Was water sprinkled upon you? Was water poured on your body? Were you immersed, dunked, buried in water? Put that in the blank. Question number four, you say, Keith, I've been baptized. That's wonderful. How long after your commitment were you baptized? You made a commitment to Christ, right? You accepted Jesus as your Savior. Uh, when were you baptized? Were you baptized the same day, a week later, a month later, a year later? Some time ago, I studied the Bible with a lady. She said, I made a commitment to Christ when I was 12 years old. I said, have you ever been baptized? She said, oh, yeah, when I was 25. Thirteen years later, I was saved when I was 12, she told me. But she said, I, I was baptized when I was 25, 13 years later. What about with you? How long after your commitment were you baptized? Question number five is a very important question. You say, Keith, I've been baptized. That's good. Why? Why did you do it? Do you remember why were you baptized? In your own words, put that in the blank. And then number six, were you saved before or after your baptism? 
If you believe that you were saved before you were baptized, circle that. If you believe that you were saved after, or maybe I should say at the point of your baptism, then note that. Now, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take the card, everybody take your card, and just kind of fold it, okay? Hide your answers. Don't let anybody see them. This is between you and the Lord. And then would you open your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 16. It was read for us a few minutes ago, Matthew, Mark. It's the second book of God's New Testament, Mark chapter 16. And we're going to go to two verses, verses 15 and 16. It's the resurrection chapter. You remember that Jesus died upon the cross. He was buried and he was raised. You read about the resurrection in Mark 16. And I want you to notice some of his last words that Jesus spoke on earth. Mark 16, focus in on verse 15. He says to his disciples, Mark 16, 15, I want you to go. I want you to go into all the world. I will say, that's what I've been trying to do for the last 10 years, okay? In fact, last year I preached in about 40 to 45 different churches of Christ all across America, in about 15 different states, from California to the Carolinas, You're assisting in that. You're helping me in that. And I really appreciate it. And so Jesus said, I want you to go. Go into all the world. Hey, church, go to El Salvador and go next door. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, to everybody, to every creature. And then he says, anybody that believes and is baptized shall be saved but he that believes not shall be damned. You know what we call that, don't you, audience? What do we call that? Well, we call that the great charge or the great commission, right? It's found in all four gospel accounts. It's found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew's account of the great charge, Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, Jesus said, all power, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. And then he said, I want you to go. Go ye therefore and teach or make disciples of all nations. How do we do it, Lord? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded. And lo, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. That's Matthew's account of the great charge, the great commission. Luke put it in these words. Luke 24 and verse 47, Jesus said that repentance, a change, and forgiveness of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, starting in Jerusalem. And John's account of the Great Commission, John 20, verse 21, Jesus said, As my Father has sent me. And ladies and gentlemen, why was Jesus sent? Well, He was sent to seek and to save the lost, Luke 19, verse 10. And so Jesus said, As my Father has sent me, to seek and to save the lost, even so send I you. So the great charge, the great commission is found in all four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what churches of Christ ought to be involved. We ought to be involved in teaching and preaching the gospel. And Jesus says here in Mark 16, go into all the world, preach the good news to everybody. Anybody that believes and is baptized should be saved, but he that believes not shall be condemned or damned. Now, there are three words. And really only three words that I want you to notice with me from this passage. The first word is this one. It's the word believes. 
I hope that you'll be able to see this over on this side. It's very important that you not only hear today's lesson, but that you see today's lesson. Jesus said, he that believes. Question, believes what? I mean, if you believe, you believe in something, right? Anybody that believes, believes what? You say, Keith, we've got to believe in God. And I would say amen to that. I mean, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11 and verse 6, you say, we've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And again, I would say you're right. We've got to believe that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what did Jesus say in John 8, 24? Except you believe that I am He, that I am the one, you're going to die in your sins. So yes, we've got to believe in God. We've got to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. But if you'll glance back to verse 15, you'll find the answer to the question. In verse 15, Jesus said, I want you to go. I want you to go where? Go into all the world and preach what, church? The gospel. Preach the gospel. You know what the gospel means? You know what that is, don't you? What is that? Yeah, it's good news, right? What's the good news? Well, the good news is that Jesus left heaven and He came to this earth so that we could go to heaven. Wow! It's amazing. The good news is that Jesus left heaven, He came to this earth, He died upon a cross, He was buried, and He was raised. In fact, the heart, the focus of the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15 Verses 1 through 4. It is good news. The good news is I can be saved because Jesus died and was buried and was raised for me. Now, I know that sometimes Joseph would never do this. Your preacher, Alex, would never do this. Joseph would not do this. But sometimes we preachers preach it as though it's bad news. Have you noticed? Sometimes we do. I mean, we get up and we scream and we holler and we come down hard. Maybe we bang on the pulpit, and we scream, you bunch of sinners! And sometimes we preach it as though it's bad, rotten news, but it's not bad news. It's good news. And the good news is we can be saved because of Jesus. And Jesus said, I want you to go, go into all the world and preach the good news to everybody. And then he said, anybody that believes, believes what? Well, obviously he's talking about this good news that Jesus died and was buried and was raised. That's word number one. The second word that I want you to notice is this one. It's the word baptized. Baptized. Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized. Can you guys see this? Can you see these words? Okay. Baptized. What does that mean, baptized? You might be thinking, Keith, I've been baptized. Oh, you've been baptized? I've been baptized. Oh, yeah. I I remember when water was sprinkled upon me. That was my baptism. A lot of people say that baptism is water being administered to the body. Maybe water being poured upon the head. What does the Bible say? Let me tell you what the Bible says, okay? In John 3 and verse 23, if you're taking notes, that's John 3 and verse 23. John the Baptist. We call him the Baptist, not because he was a member of the Baptist church. We call him the Baptist because he baptized. John the Baptizer, the Baptist, baptized in Enon near Salem. Do you remember why, audience? He baptized in a particular place for a particular reason. Why? The Bible says because there was plenty of water there. 
There was a lot of water there. Let's be honest, okay? Be honest. To sprinkle somebody doesn't take a lot of water, right? To pour water on somebody's body doesn't take a lot of water. But to dip, to immerse, to cover, to bury, takes a lot of water. And then I think about what Paul said in Romans 6 and verse 4. Do you remember? Therefore we are buried, right? Not sprinkled. Therefore we are buried, not poured. Therefore we are buried with him in baptism. Then I think about the story of Acts chapter 8, the story of the Ethiopian. He was riding in a chariot, in a wagon. He was reading his Bible. And they came to some water. And this guy from Ethiopia said to the preacher, Sir, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And do you remember what happened? They stopped that chariot. They went down to the water, the preacher in the center, and the preacher baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, and see, that's really what baptism is. It's a going down into the water and a coming up out of the water. It's an immersion, a burial in water. And Jesus said, now, anybody that believes, word one, and is baptized, word two. Here's the third word that I want you to notice. It's the word... Saved. Saved. Anybody that believes and is baptized shall be the promise saved. What does that mean, saved? Have you been saved? Are you saved? I mean, if you were to die right now, would you go to heaven? Well, the word saved is used in the Bible in at least three different ways. Three different ways. In at least three different ways. Sometimes the word saved is used in the Bible in reference to physical salvation. A salvation from a storm, a fire, an earthquake. Let me give you a case in point. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20. 1 Peter 3, verse 20. Peter is talking about Noah and the ark. You remember the story? Noah and the flood. And Peter says about that ark, wherein few, that is, eight souls were, here's the word, eight souls were what? Saved by water, right? Everybody else died in the flood, but Noah, his wife, the three sons, their wives, eight people were saved in that boat. They were saved physically. Their lives were spared. They did not die. Well, that's not what Jesus is talking about in Mark 16, 16. Jesus is not saying... Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved physically. And if you don't believe that, just take a look at all the Christians who have died. There have been people who have trusted in Jesus, and they have been dunked in water. But we look around, and where are they? They're no longer here. Uh, They've died this past week. A friend of mine, 46 years old, her funeral is today. I wish that I could be there. I can't be there because I'm with you. 46 years old, she died instantly. Don't know why. She just died. And she was a baptized believer. I I preached the funeral of of a lady just a few days ago. 20 years old. Died. Baptized believer. And and their lives were not spared. That's not what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's not talking about physical salvation, but in the second place. Sometimes this word, the word saved, is used in the book, in the Bible in reference to eternal salvation, a saved in heaven, saved now and forevermore, saved without the possibility of being lost. 
Let me give you a case in point. In Revelation 21 and verse 24, again, if you're taking notes, that's Revelation 21 and verse 24. John is talking about heaven. And John says, and the nations of them, at least in my mother's Bible, the old King James, and the nations of them which are, here's the word, saved. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. In other words, they're in heaven. They're saved now. They're saved now and forevermore. And they're saved without the possibility of going to hell because they're in heaven. That's not what Jesus is talking about in Mark 16, 16. He's not saying Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved eternally in heaven without the possibility of being lost. And if you don't believe that, just take a look at all the Christians who have backslidden. There have been people who have believed the gospel and they have expressed that in baptism. But if they were to die right now, maybe maybe even some of us. I mean, if you were to die right now, maybe you wouldn't go to heaven. Because you've kind of turned your back on God. You've kind of backslidden. You've fallen backward. Kind of like the pig going back to the mud. The dog going back to the vomit. Peter talked about that in 2 Peter chapter 2. So we're not talking about saved in heaven, saved now, and forevermore. But in the third place, sometimes this word is used in the Bible. The word saved is used in the Bible in reference to salvation from past sins. Forgiveness of past sins. The removal of the past. Let me give you a case in point. You know the verse. Let me start and you finish it, okay? I'll start you finish. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you... Some of you didn't get enough sleep last night, right? You lost that hour. So everybody sit up straight. Take a deep breath. Put a smile on your face. And if you cannot speak English, just... uh, Mimic those that do, okay? I'll start, you finish. Ephesians 2 verse 5 and verse 8, both verses. For by grace are you saved. And there the word saved is used in the Bible in reference to salvation from past sins. Forgiveness of past sins. In fact, in Ephesians 2 verse 1, Paul said, And you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive, who were dead in sin. They were dead in sin, but now they have been saved. They have been forgiven. And I really believe that's what Jesus is talking about in Mark 16, 16. He is saying, hey, hey, do you want to be forgiven? You want to be saved? You want your sins removed? He says, look, anybody that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Let me tell you something, good people. It feels good to be saved. I know sometimes in churches of Christ, we don't like to talk about feeling good. That sounds too denominational. That sounds too Pentecostal. I'm telling you, it feels good to be saved. And if you're saved and headed to heaven, notify your face, would you? Put a smile on your face and a song in your heart and a leap in your step. I mean, you've been forgiven. Your sins have been removed. You're going to heaven. That's a good thing. It's not. A, it feels good to be saved. Jesus said, anybody that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, I want to give you a statement that is similar, that is parallel to this statement, okay? A statement that is like this statement. statement is this one. First of all, consider the word comes, comes. 
And the word fed, fed. I kind of got those backwards, upside down. And then this word, the word filled, filled. If I said to you, whoever comes and is fed shall be filled, question. Think about it. If that's a true statement, if that is true, what do I have to do to be uh, to be filled? By the way, are, are we having lunch together today? This is not a covered dish deal. You kidding me? What is the preacher going to do for lunch, huh? Oren's already talked to me about that, so we've got it worked out. I'm not. I'm not concerned. If I said to you, let's say we're having a big old covered dish dinner at church, okay? Big old covered dish dinner, and I said, okay, anybody that comes and is fed shall be filled. Question, if that is true, what do you have to do to be filled, audience? Take your time. Some of you are confused. And I knew it would take two statements for some of you, so I prepared two, okay? First of all, consider the word... Cause, cause, and the word grabbed, grabbed, and the word rescued, rescued. Let's say you're out, uh, what's, a, what's a body of water down here? Is this Franklin County? What's, what's some water? Thames, the lake, Thames, Thames Ford? Okay, you're out on the lake, maybe in a canoe, and uh, you can't swim. Okay, you can't swim. Don't even have a life jacket. And I said to you, anybody that calls and is grabbed shall be rescued. Your boat turns over, and you're in the water. Question, if that's a true statement, what do you have to do to be rescued? Yeah, you'd have to... Hey, help, right? You'd have to call. Hey, Bozo, help me. You'd have to call, right? You'd have to call. You'd have to be grabbed, right? If I said to you, anybody that comes and is fed shall be filled, what do you have to do to be filled? If that's a true statement, you'd have to do one and do two. You'd have to come. You'd have to be fed, right? If I said to you, anybody that calls and is grabbed shall be rescued, what do you have to do to be rescued? You'd have to, hey, call. You'd have to call. And you'd have to be grabbed, right? Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, marches in here. And we say, Jesus, it's, it's so good to see you. You know, we're so confused. One church teaches this, another church teaches that. One preacher says this, another preacher. Jesus, Jesus, we just want to know from you. Jesus, Lord, tell us, what must we do to be forgiven, to be saved? And suppose Jesus said, uh, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. You say, wait a minute, Keith. If baptism is all that important, why did Jesus say what He said in the last part of verse 16? Well, let's go to the last part of verse 16. The last part of verse 16, He that believes not shall be condemned, destroyed, damned. Somebody says, now wait a minute, preacher. If baptism is all of that important, why didn't Jesus say, 
he that believes not and is baptized not shall be damned. Good question. And I believe that the answer to the question is very, very simple. The answer to the question is, you didn't have to. If I said to you, he that comes and is fed shall be filled, I would not have to say, okay, if you don't come, and if you're not fed, because it's obvious, if you don't come to the dinner, you're not going to be fed. If I said to you, he that calls and is grabbed shall be rescued, I wouldn't have to say, okay, if you don't call, and if you're not grabbed, you won't be rescued, because it's obvious, if a man doesn't cry for help in the illustration, hey, help me, if a man doesn't cry, nobody's going to grab him. Well, Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He did not have to say, okay, if you don't believe and if you're not baptized, you won't be saved because it's obvious. If a man doesn't believe in his heart, if a man doesn't believe, he's not going to go through the foolishness of being dunked in water. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put your eyes on your own Bible. Maybe you're high tech and you're reading this from a cell phone, an iPad. Put your eyes on Mark 16 and verse 16 and see if this is what Jesus taught. Anybody that believes and is baptized should be saved. Do you see that? Let me ask you this question. What if I came and I taught you this? What if I came this morning and I said... You're saved, a person is saved, a lost man is forgiven even before he believes and is baptized. What would you think about that? You're saved even before you do anything at all. By the way, that is not a hypothetical illustration. Do you realize that there are religious people, sincere people that believe it like this? They call it predestination. Now, folks, the Bible teaches predestination, okay? The Bible teaches the foreknowledge and the choosing, the calling of God. But the Bible doesn't teach predestination like some people teach predestination. Some people say it like this. uh, What's your name? Wyatt, you're saved. What's your name, Blue? Yeah, you. Jackson, Wyatt, you're saved. Jackson, I'm sorry, you're lost. Somebody has to be lost in this illustration. You're lost. You're saved. Hey, you're lost, you're saved, you're lost, you're saved. And if you're saved, if you've been chosen, predestined by God, there's really nothing you can do to be lost. And if you're not chosen, there's nothing you can do to be saved. And in effect, they say, when you you come into the world, you're either saved or lost. You've been called or not called. And if you've been called, if you've been saved, you're really saved before you do anything because God has called you. You say, Keith, that's not what Jesus said. And you're right, it's not what Jesus said. Let me ask you another question. What if I came and I taught you this? What if I came and I taught you, you believe in Jesus, ask Jesus to come into your heart. Some of you have done this. We have some people in this audience. and This is the way that you were taught. Ask Jesus to come into your heart. Trust in Jesus. He'll forgive you. He'll save you. And, uh, and you'll be saved if you'll just believe. Now, now, sometimes later, you know, maybe a week later, a month later, a year later, 13, sometime later you ought to be baptized. 
But if you'll just believe in Jesus, trust Jesus, and then you'll be saved. And you know, later on you can be baptized. What if I came and I taught you that? Let, let me just ask you. You know, there, there are a lot of good people that teach it like that, right? Maybe you've been taught like that. Believe in Jesus. Ask Him to come into your heart. You're saved. And a week later, a month later, sometime later, you ought to be baptized. But you can be saved without being... What if I taught you you can be saved without being baptized? You, you say, Keith, well, that's not in the Bible. But, it, you know, as long as I've been baptized, the order's not that important. As long as I've been baptized, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The order, oh, the order's not that important. Well, I tell you what, folks, if the order's not that important, let's put it like this. Let's put it like this. Let's put baptism first. Okay? I mean, if the order's not that important. i tell you what let's do. Let's gather up some of these little babies, these little boys and girls that don't have a clue. Let's baptize them. And then if they grow up to believe in Jesus, everything will be okay. And by the way, that's not a hypothetical illustration, right? There are good people, sincere people, religious people that teach you like that. Just, you know, we'll, we'll go through, we'll take, what's the little, girl's, the little girl's name, Pink? What? Is that your baby? Okay, you're having a baby. This is who? Avery. Okay, how old, how old is Avery? Two years old. I tell you what, folks, wouldn't it be great to have, have a baptism this morning? Let's just, let's just baptize little Avery. She doesn't have a clue. And if she grows up to believe in Jesus, everything's okay. You say, but Keith, that's not what Jesus said. And you're right, it's not what Jesus said. But let me challenge you with this thought. Neither did Jesus say, you believe, and then you're saved, and then sometime later you ought to be baptized. Let me tell you, folks, what I know to be the truth. Here's what I know to be the truth. Here's what Jesus said, and this is what I try to teach all across America and really all across the world. Believe the gospel. Believe. Have faith. Let that faith motivate you to action, to be baptized, to be immersed. And Jesus said anybody that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's what Jesus taught. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to the card that you folded, and I want you to answer with me just a few questions. Number one, Here's number one. Have you ever made a commitment to Christ? Let me tell you what most of you said. Most of you said yes. Okay? Most of you said yes. I, I'm a Christian. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Let me tell you what a few of you said. I, I've never become a Christian. Let me invite you to do something. When we stand and sing the invitation song, just come to the front. Would you come to the front? And you say, Keith, I don't know what to say when I get to the front. Just say, hey, you can bring your card. You, you can come to the front. And you can just say, I, I want to become a Christian. I want to become a Christian. Let's go down to number three. For time's sake, just skip down to number three. Have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? Again, a few of you said, no, I've, I've never made a commitment. I've, I've never been baptized. I, I've never been baptized. Again, could I, could I invite you to do something? Do what Jesus wants you to do. Do it today, would you? You say, Keith, again, I, I don't know what... Hey, just bring the card. Just come down and say, I want to become a Christian. We have clothes. Uh, there's water. Today, this very day, you can practice the words of Jesus. You can obey Jesus by being baptized. 
You say, Keith, most, let me tell you what most of you said. Maybe 80% of you said, I've been baptized. Oh, you've been baptized? Here's a very important question. Why? Question number five. Why? Why were you baptized? Why did you do it? Perhaps some of you did it because your parents wanted you to do it. Your parents wanted you to do it. Uh, maybe you did it to get your wife off of your back because you just you were tired of the fussing and fighting at home. Uh, maybe you did it because you thought you were were already saved. You you were already forgiven. So answer the question. You say, Keith, I've been baptized. I'm glad you've been baptized, but why? Were you baptized to be saved? Mark sixteen sixteen. Were you baptized for the forgiveness of sins? Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins. Were you baptized to have your sins washed away? Acts 22.16, why do you wait? Get up, be baptized, wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Were you baptized to get into Christ? Romans 6 and verse 3. Were you baptized to put on Christ? Galatians 3. 26 and 27. You say, I've been ba- I'm glad you've been baptized. But honestly, did you know what you were doing when you were baptized? Did you do it for the reason that God has given? Question number six is a very important question. Were you saved before or after at the point of your baptism? Some of you were taught that you were saved before you were baptized. And my simple question is, is that what Jesus said? Now that you understand the truth, you understand what Jesus said, why don't you do it? See, I would say to you what Ananias said to Saul in Acts 22, 16. Why do you wait? Hey, young lady, what are you waiting for? Young man, why do you wait? Would you get up? Some of you need to get up. You don't need to walk down a church aisle. You need to run down a church. It's that urgent. Why do you wait? Get up! And I would say, as Ananias said to Saul, arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. The blood of Jesus will make you whiter than snow. Do you really want to be whiter than snow? Do what Jesus says. As together, we stand and sing. Just come down one of these aisles. Let's stand.